take into consideration what people are saying about you when you are in the room, because that's one of my favorite quotes about branding. You know, it is what are what do people say when you leave about you? Because that almost is the truest you know, version of who you are today, that doesn't mean that's who you are forever. But like I said, branding is is an evolution and it's constantly changing. So once you are able to kind of take all of those things into consideration, then you can take a step back and say, well, what is our personality based on how we know we want our buyers to feel? And what does that personality look like? What does that personality talk like? Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. Welcome back, everyone, to Building Perspective. Uh, Once again, I am your co-host for the week. This is Thais Cuffey with Group 2. And today I have two uh, additional voices on the uh, podcast. We have Georgia Castellano, our creative director. Hey, Georgia. Hey. And Chelsea Keenan, our director of digital marketing. Hey, Chelsea. Hello. So today we have a cool topic, um, and this is something that we talk about internally quite a bit. Uh, but the topic today is what is branding and why is branding important for home builders right now? So to frame the discussion a bit, Um, We actually just published an article on the Group 2 blog last week called Why Home Builder Marketing Still Matters, and we had a section in there on branding, and in it we talked about marketing with a capital M. So it's not just advertising, it's not just social media, but it's a big picture marketing and how you present your brand to the world. And there were a couple of of questions that we posed um, to our audience in that blog post, and those were... What do you stand for? What's different about your product or organization? What is your brand personality or your tone of voice? Um, When someone sees or hears a piece of content from you, do they know it's you? And in general, how are you responding to current market conditions? What's your voice? What's your personality? What do you stand for? So I thought it would be a good idea to talk this through with our um, resident group two branding experts. (laughs) So I'll go ahead and kick it off with this question to Georgia. Um, But what is branding to you? Yeah, so I I think branding to me is that I think of brand as a living entity and a, a company's brand is really something that's living and breathing and and changing and evolving over time. And it's really, if you think of it as a living entity and you think of a person and you're, even if you think of yourself as a brand, um, which I actually think could be, is, is a really fun exercise. But if you think of yourself as a brand, you have your personality, you have the way you look, you have the, your morals, you have the things that you believe in, you have your career goals and your personal goals and all of those things kind of, you know, work together to kind of create who you are. And that is exactly how we think of branding at Group 2 with 
builders is that, you know, you have your brand voice, you have the way that you look, you have your mission statement and the things that make you different and the things that you believe in. And so many different pieces of that puzzle come together to create your aura, I guess, or the the way that people feel when they talk to you and they interact with you and how you operate as an organization and all of those things together are brand. So I think that when most people think about brand, they initially think of your logo and your color palette. And those things are so, so important because to me, that's kind of like the fit your, if it was a living entity, that's maybe what your face looks like and the outfit that you wear every day. Like I, I also think of it like kind of like a cartoon character wears the same outfit every day. A brand kind of like has their outfit and that is the brand, you know, your brand palette. And, and so those things are so important because those are usually the first things that people see. And that's why it's so important to make a good first impression. But then, you know, underneath those layers, there's something that's way, way more important, which is the foundation of of who you are as as a company. I think it's cool to consider um, a a brand or, or a company, like to personify a company as a person, because I just read a stat recently, and I can't remember where, but it was that it was the um, the importance of the importance to millennials of interacting with a brand that stands for something. And as we know, millennials make up the largest new or the large largest home buyer demographic right now. So it's super important that you have your company has um, a sense of itself. It, you know, it's, it's not just um, the company is sort of in the background. The company really has to be in the foreground of what it stands for, um, the value that it presents, um, and just what it means to work with a company. Um, so Chelsea, on the spot, what does branding mean to you? <laughs> on the spot, <laughs> what does branding mean to me? So I, like Georgia was saying about the character the cartoon characters wearing the same um clothing every time and it kind of personifies them branding to me is this whole idea of personification a lot of times in our um interview questions to candidates to work a group to and our differentiation exercises for home builders we ask them these fun personification questions like if you were, if your personality could be described by a piece of pizza, what type of pizza would you be? Or if your company was a celebrity, or if your company was a car, what celebrity or car would you be? And it's so fun for people to pick that out because they're personifying themselves. They're branding themselves based on things that are out there in the world. And that is why branding is so interesting to me because as a home builder, everyone's selling the same thing. You're all selling homes, you're selling houses. There are different things about the homes, but what personifies your company and what differentiates your company from every other company that is building homes? And a lot of times, especially with millennials, like you were saying, Thais, It does come down to the product and it comes down to that, but we buy our smaller products, like everything from 
hair shampoo to clothing to athletic wear. We buy all of that stuff, not because of the actual products, but because of the brand and the brand's personality and what they personify, exactly like you were saying, what they stand for. And so take your homes and your product out of it for a minute and think about your company and think about the people that make up your company and what does that encompass? What what pizza are you? What car are you? What what uh what we, what was the other one? Pizza Cele- car per- celebrity. <laughs> what encompasses what what is your personification? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's so fun to think about that. Yeah, branding is the fun part of marketing. The most is. fun part. And when you think you mentioned other companies, and you know when you think of big brands like Nike. Yeah, Nike makes shoes, but are is that what they're about? No, Nike is about just doing it. They're about fearlessness and courage and, you know, breaking through your uncomfortable zone to become great. That's what Nike's about. When you think about a company like Trader Joe's, because my husband just went there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they sell, you know, neat food and cool packaging, but they're also really about like community and like customer service. That's what they're about. You could buy, you could buy gummies from everywhere, but everyone gets Scandinavian swimmers because (laughs) Trader Joe's is a fun company. Exactly. So Georgia, we know that branding is much more than a logo. But where does a home builder start? Where does a company in general start when they think about their branding? What are, what are like the first set of questions or items that a company needs to ask itself um, to discover who they are as a, as a company? What I would do is start with the mission and what you stand for, because like you said, that really has become so important. And that really is where the foundation starts. You start with what you stand for and what you believe in and what you really want your company to do for people. What problem are you solving? And then from there, you take a look at your competition um, and you see what everyone else is doing. And then you are really able to start figuring out what makes you different in your market And when you list those things out on paper, you're starting to form a true found solid foundation for figuring out who you are. And so then it becomes a little bit gray because you also need to figure out, you know, what your buyers see you as because your brand isn't just sitting in a room and working in a silo of who you are to yourself. It's also what your buyers think of you and what other people already think of you. And that, you know, honestly can vary depending on how new of a company you are too, because if you're brand new, you kind of have the advantage of setting that from the beginning. Um, But you do need to look at your reviews, talk to your buyers, um, take into consideration what people are saying about you when you are in the room, because that's one of my favorite quotes about branding. You know, it is what are, what do people say when you leave about you? Because that almost is the truest, you know, version of who you are today. That doesn't mean that's who you are forever. But like I said, branding is, is an evolution and it's constantly changing. So once you are able to kind of take all of those things into consideration, then you can take a step back and say, well, what is our personality based on how we know we want our buyers to feel? 
And what does that personality look like? What does that personality talk like? And if you're if you're selling, you know, one million plus homes, that that type of luxury builder obviously might speak to a, a buyer differently than someone who's building more production style homes. Um, it doesn't mean that they don't both want to make their buyers comfortable, but one might do it in a more down to earth way, whereas another one might do it in a way that feels a little bit more maybe like a someone in the a company in the hospitality industry that's really there to make give you a luxury experience. So, and and that's another thing too is with building being in the building industry your buyers are interacting with so many different industries and it's really helpful to look to other industries to see maybe who you match up with. What are your buyers buying? Who do they interact with? You know, what your target demographic is, you know, shopping at certain stores. What are their expectations of how a a company will interact with them? And so all of those things kind of need to be taken into consideration, but definitely starting with what you stand for, like you said, is really the foundation. So that's interesting to me because that's when someone is trying to like discover who they are as a company. What happens when companies go through a rebrand? So what what leads a company or does it even come from does it come, is it in, an internal directive or is it someone like, you know, a marketing expert or a marketing team questioning things? Like how does, take us through like a rebrand and, and what that means. Yeah. And that, that's, I think those two things coming together more than anything. And to me, although, you know, you ask pe- different people, they'll have different answers to this. But to me, I think that we can't, always rely 100% on what your buyers are saying about you, that it is okay to have this internal direction from how, you know, as an owner of a company, how you know you want to take your business and relying a little bit more on your gut because, because, because your buyers might not know you for who you want to be yet. It's definitely a combination of both because you can't discount how you're being perceived And also you don't want to lose your fans either. So when you're going through a rebrand, you need to make sure that either you're taking your buyers with you on the journey so that they understand that you're still the same builder they know and love. You're just growing and evolving with, you know, the the improvements that you're making internally. So that's a story that you really can weave and tell on a number of the different touch points that you're speaking to your buyers on to make sure maybe even they know why you're changing because, you know, maybe you've changed the way that your um, internal processes are and you're becoming more um, communicative or you're doing something that's a little bit out of the box and you want to make sure that that's being reflected in your branding. And I think that's something exciting that you can share with your audience for sure. Yeah, I think I think I think if you you're right, if there is a if there if your audience loves what you do and you're like entering that next phase of like growth and um you know and and figuring out like where to go and how to level up, I think that what your audience would welcome like be excited about and welcome like a, a rebrand and a change because they can kind of your audience grows with you at the same time. 
Yeah. And I think everybody loves a rebrand. Everybody loves to look at what it was before and have an opinion on, on where it's come now. And one of my favorite examples of that right now is the Burger King rebrand. Um, because you can see how retro they went and, and a little bit more vintage in their style. And you know that there are very, very good reasons why um, they did that, because I'm sure there were there was a lot of market research that was done on what their buyers expect and why people eat fast food and what they're looking for and what they already think about Burger King. And maybe going back to the, the original nostalgia of what Burger King um, when it was most successful was was doing. And so I think that that has now become part of their story is is their growth. And it's almost less interesting of a story if you stay stagnant and you you say the same because no one's ever perfect and then they never have to change. With a rebrand, it's really a great chance to build loyalty with your with your con- with your audience because you can take them on that journey with you. And like I said, you can really tell that story and maybe even allow them to be a part of that story. Um, asking them their opinion on, you know, how you're doing or maybe doing some surveys before you make a change and incorporating them into your process. I know with a, a our, one of our <clears throat> builders, Stone Martin, they did a, inter- an, a consumer survey that really, became their 2021 marketing direction where they were, we were creating campaigns for them based on the changes they made because they were listening to their buyers. And so they are evolving and elevating their brand to become very, very consumer driven and buyer focused. And they're starting to elevate their look ever so slightly and doing it in a in a gradual way that's geared a little bit more towards forward thinking technology. And you can see that their look is just ever so slightly changing along with those questions that they've asked their buyers for the better, for sure. I have one more question on this, and then I will be quiet and let Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have questions I've written down, too. So because it just sparks so much in my it's mind. so fascinating to me um, just to like, yeah, to be able to ask Georgia questions for selfish reasons. Um, <laughs> so when home builders have, and you can tell me what the proper word for this is, is it a sub brand? So for example, if you have your larger builder brand, and then let's say you, you cr- develop a collection of homes that you call something else. Um, how are you, are we see, are you seeing any of that right now? And how does that work when you have your larger brand of who you are? What changes when you develop like a, a, a like when you brand a collection of homes or you brand a collection of things, if it's not home building, how does that work? <clears throat> so it, it, it starts again with with looking at the buyer specifically, and and if we're doing a collection of homes for a builder, maybe that's a li- it's going to be a quicker turnaround and a more attainable price point. Then you would take a look at that buyer compared to the the bu- the the buyer that the builder currently serves to see if there's a difference in 
the, the personality of the buyer and how you might want to talk to that buyer a little bit differently. And that doesn't necessarily mean lowering the quality in any way of the brand or the brand look, but it might mean if you have a more sophisticated look for your overall brand, you might want to cater that to be something a little bit more fun and vibrant and exciting because you're going after a target audience that is a little bit younger or maybe in a, in a stage of life that's really exciting because they're making a, a change. And so you really hone in on the mindset of that specific buyer. And that's why those are really fun because you're really getting specific and talking to a a specific buyer. And the more specific you can get, the more targeted your brand look can be. And the more specific in general you can be with your voice and all of the pieces of your brand puzzle, the more you're probably going to make a connection with someone. Because I, and I I think about that a lot with, it's actually something that I think Amy Poehler said um, (laughs) when she talks about the way that she writes comedy is that, you know, the specific is always the funniest and the specific is always the most relatable. That's what people find funny. So I think when you apply that to branding, the more specific you can get in general with, you know, knowing who your buyer is, knowing who you are, the details surrounding where those buyers are shopping and and what they're reading and what their influences are. And the more you get to know that buyer profile, the more you can be relatable to them and, and, you know, be their friend or be their guide or, or, you know, also setting you know, who you are to them, because some brands might think of them as, as the buyer's friend or the buyer's guide or the teacher, or maybe the more of like, a what, what are some, what are some other things you can be a teacher, a friend, a mentor, mentor. Yeah. Just like the different types of relationships you might want to have with your buyer, because there are several different ways you can do it. And maybe in the subcategories for you might be more of a friend, whereas in your main brand, you might have been more of that guide or vice versa. So interesting. I think a good example of that, because I've been thinking about it as you've been saying it, and I always like to relate things to like real world examples, but I was even thinking of like anthropology and then they created Beholden. Like anthropology is a great they they have great dresses, clothes, but it's pretty casual. And then they started this bridal wear and this wedding shop for Beholden, but it's inside Anthropology's stores. But they took their brand of Anthropology for Beholden and elevated it a little bit more, made it a little more whimsical, um, made the colors a little bit lighter. And so it's still relatable to the Anthropology brand, but it's a more elevated product, obviously, than what they're selling in their stores. And so they had to change their the branding of that product line in order to match the buyer that was getting those wedding dresses rather than just getting a typical casual dress. I'm just thinking of the amount of market research and focus groups that had to have gone into that because usually you hear about brands um, that create sub brands to maybe do a more economical offering or something like like that, but a brand like doing like a, and I, am I even calling it the right thing? Is it called a sub brand? (laughs) What is it called? Okay. I just put a sub in front of everything. (laughs) Um, Subcategory, sub brand. Yeah. Usually you don't hear too much about brands like sort of 
you know, if you have a wider audience and then go to a very like niche luxury yeah. audience, it's a, it's, um, I don't even, I'd have to like research to see how well like Beholden is doing, but I want to say it's probably doing great. My friend just bought her wedding great. dress from yeah. Beholden. <laughs> I also and, bought my wedding dress from Beholden. I, I, say, I, I think that that example is actually really interesting for the building industry too. Yeah. Because it is, it is a similar cycle because once you buy your wedding dress, hopefully you're imagining that <laughs> going to be the last time. Yeah. And so the, the same with buying a home is that it, it is, it is hopefully, you know, maybe one or two later down in the line, but you are going through a similar cycle where someone is getting to know you really well then they are purchasing your product and then forever they are saying this is the person that I bought my home from or this is the person that I bought my wedding dress on and you they have this probably nostalgia for you um but then they they might kind of leave you and, and because you know they're not going to make a purchase again again that's not always exactly the same um in home building because there's you know move up buyers and and right sizing and that kind of thing but it is a similar cycle that should be taken into consideration because you are always kind of you know guiding people through that first meeting of you all the way until the very end and then that you do kind of have a relationship with them afterwards because guess what I already I I bought my dress but I still follow them on Instagram yeah <laughs> and I still like to see what they're doing because um you know I have a, a special place in my heart <laughs> yeah it's an emotional attachment for sure that was a really good that, you took my pretty shallow <laughs> example and made it pretty pretty deep Georgia <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay here's my question so uh, we've kind of been talking about branding in in general, but um, I was wondering, Georgia, in this particular market right now where people are in bidding wars for homes and literally I saw a TikTok the other day where they are lined up down the block of a model home to get into this model home. And also people are doing the same exact thing virtually sitting online looking at your homes why is branding so important in this market in particular? So there's there's a, a ton of reasons. The first one that I think of is people going on your website and hitting refresh probably 500 times to see if you've added inventory or if you've <laughs> messaging or checking your hours. And the interaction that has, has skyrocketed because people are just you know, they're on the list, they're waiting for something to come up, they're, they're, they're interacting with so many different builders. And with resale, it's, you know, very similar in that way, that people are just, you know, on Zillow waiting to see what's going to come up next, that now is the time that even if you aren't selling these people a home, they're not able to buy from you, they are going to remember this interaction forever, because they are, stressed, they really want to move, they're excited to buy, they're just waiting to give someone their money. <laughs> and they are probably very easily frustrated and emotional right now. So I think now is the time to really show them that you're a solid company that's here for them, whether or not you have something for them to move into right now, that maybe even they're okay waiting, because they've decided that they don't want to buy from any other builder besides you. So it it is probably the the most important time to make a great impression because 
like I said, that this is such an emotional time period for buyers. And I know because I bought a house (laughs) very recently and, you know, we lost a lot of bidding wars and we were constantly looking for, you know, the next thing to come up. And I remember every heartbreak and every time we didn't get the house. And so I think just really understanding that mindset and knowing that you have this opportunity to make this more enjoyable and think of it like that, like this, whether or not this person is going to end up buying a home from you, this is maybe how they're going to spend their Saturday or, you know, they're on your website looking around and you you know, had some copy that got them excited or you, your photography got made them feel like they can't live anywhere else. Um, that's going to stick with them because they are, they're going to, they're feeling the heartbreak. It's the perfect time to make them fall in love with you. Right. For sure. So yeah. While, when they can't have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the hard to get game a little bit. Right. And I think it's, it's so important to carry that branding through every single touch point right now, because, you know, if you are, if you position yourself as the friend or the mentor, you know, taking that, um, taking that voice and, you know, carrying it through to your email campaigns, to your social media, just making everything. And if you are a friend, a friend would not like leave a friend hanging, you know, you're going to check in with them. Yeah, exactly. You're going to check in with them through the process, make sure they're doing okay. See if they need anything, see if they have any questions, see how you could just be helpful. Um, And I think the home builders could take that same sort of approach um, for people on their wait lists, um, you know, for people who are in their CRM systems. Um, You know, it's a, it's a good time to not, leave people hanging because at some point those people will buy a home. And if it's not from you, it's going to be from the person who the builder who did reach out and did, you know, make sure they were okay. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of sort of carrying brand voice through to things, um, two other things I know we wanted to touch on today was how branding translates to, to content and to social media. And Georgia, you touched on a point earlier about being very specific and getting to know your buyer and speaking to that buyer specifically. And I think in content, um, we can we can do the same thing. I'm a big proponent of having like a couple of like buyer profiles or buyer personas. And the more specific you can get, the better. Um, there was a quote, and I think I may have said it on this podcast before, but there's a quote somewhere that says you don't necessarily want to build an audience of a million people because how hard is that? But if you build a million audiences of one, you make the, a million significant and meaningful connections. And so I think as we're developing our blog content, um, our video content, um, if we're just very specific about what is it that our audience and our buyers are having problems with or questioning or how we can be, you know, be part of the solution, the more specific we can get um, to what's going on in the market today and to what we're doing, um, you know, to solve the problems and be part of the solution, um, the better. And that, of course, can be done through through blog content. And we've seen a lot of success with this with sort of distilling down processes through video. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some clients who produce some really, really fantastic 
not complicated, but just really good videos that, you know, that explain processes or introduce buyers to a concept. Um, So that's one way to carry branding. And of course, like the the voice, like if you're a fun company, you don't want to like use like words that a college professor would use and vice versa. Um, So that's that's how branding um, can translate um, through to content. And for social media, Chelsea, this is your realm. (laughs) Yeah, I think branding on social media is vital. A, because social media is the point of discovery for most brands and most home builders. They are very, when you have your ads out there and you're sending them out to an interest-based audience and not retargeting, these people are people that are most likely discovering you for the very first time. Yeah, they've been they have interests like Zillow and Trulia and they've been to homes.com and that's how Facebook is tagging them. But when your ad comes across their newsfeed, that's most likely the first time they've ever, ever seen you. And so what is that first impression and what are they leaving the room saying about you when they see that first ad from you come across their screen? And so we were talking about brand voice, but when it comes to branding on social media, especially, it's not just about the voice that you're putting out there in the literal text. It's also about the images and the animation and the literal branding in all of all of your visual content, because that's what's going to make someone stop scrolling. That's what's going to make someone go to your Facebook page and then further go to your website and start following you um a lot of a lot of people on social media when they first discover you also they're not they're not filling out forms on the website tomorrow they're waiting 30 60 90 days and so it's it's extremely important to capture them in that moment and keep them hooked and have them follow you and continue to give out information that has your branding in it, has your voice in it so that they do eventually fall in love with you. And then at the tail end, pick you to build their home or buy an inventory home from you. Um, I think one other point that I want to touch on with social media and branding too, is the video that you were talking about, Thais, and the video content that some of our builders are creating. I think I always use Cornerstone as an example with this, but they do a video weekly on Tuesdays at two, and they just do an interview with with a bunch of different people in their company, whether it's in financing or design or actual steps of the home building process. But Tuesdays at Two has become their brand. It's become what people expect. And I think that's one part of branding that is so important, and that's predictability. And people want to follow a brand that they can expect certain things from. And that's when you know you've got your branding on point is when you can deliver something that people expect. Like Cornerstone's followers expect a Tuesdays at two video to come out every week and they can learn something new. And if anyone follows any brands and sees their social media, they know certain things to expect. I know from book of the month to expect certain book recommendations. And if I don't get them, 
it's a little annoying. And so that's a big part of branding is, is setting, setting up who you are, what you're going to say, what it's going to look like, and then delivering that consistently across not only social media, but on email too. Like you were saying about following up. If during the entire buying process, you were following up, following up, following up with these people with emails, and then all of a sudden, they buy their home and you've stopped following up with them automatically, like you've you had built your brand on trust and communication up to that point and that is what that buyer had come to expect from your brand they thought you were loyal and communicative and then as soon as they bought the home and you're not sending them emails even after their their they signed the papers then your branding just went out the window Yeah, I mean, it's about showing up. And that's what we talk about in the article that I mentioned at the top of the show, which we'll put a link in the show notes um, to this article, Why Homebuilder Marketing Still Matters. You know, it's about showing up. You, You may have people who are following you who may not have even submitted a form, but, you know, you have a certain segment of people who are like waiting and seeing, okay, is the market gonna turn? Are home prices going to come down? Is lumber going to be available in the next three months? So you have people who are sitting back and waiting. And if you as a brand go radio silent, well, you're just, you're off the radar to them, you know? So I think it is about showing up um, as who you are in your full authentic glory. And that goes for brands and people, I think, at the same time. Well, this has been just such a great <laughs> discussion. I feel like we could actually go longer, but um, I think this is a great pausing point. And I say pausing because the branding discussion like sort of never never ends. ends. Yeah. So I think at some point we can pick it up again, but any final thoughts on um, branding for home builders right now and, and why it's so important, not right now, but you know, to future success too. Because it's everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's who you are, and I think that more and more, as there continue to be more builders and more brands in the world, differentiating yourself and understanding who you are is going to keep being the most important thing you can possibly do for your business and your long-term investment. If you can't describe your brand as a slice of pizza... <laughs> then who are you? Then... Talk to Question us. everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Do some well, serious thank- reflecting. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we will put some links in the show notes. And if you want to learn about, more about who Group 2 is as a brand, you can check us out at group2.com. And we're also all over social media, including TikTok. Got some good stuff there, too. So that's a wrap. We will see you guys next week. Thank you.